You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. And it well, is good morning, time. everybody. There you go. There's Richard. This we've well, got a we got to mark this down, Richard. Uh, you're here, and Tom's not. No, Tom is stuffing his face at a judge's breakfast at the AACA Grand National here in Virginia Beach. We're both here, but I'm not at the breakfast. I figured I'll do the radio show instead. But uh, Tom will be joining us in about 20 minutes or a half hour. I figured I could bring everybody up to date on what's going on here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot happening in hot and humid Virginia Beach. It was 96 degrees yesterday, and boy, the humidity by the water is immense. But uh, right now, the show field is filling up. There's going to be over 350 cars for the uh, Grand National of the Antique Automobile Club of America. And this is an event that rotates around the country every year. And this is the creme de la creme, as they say. This is all the cars that had first place awards and juniors and and uh, senior awards, and now they're going for their Grand National. So these are the best of the best. But uh, speaking of that, yesterday on Friday was the Zenith Award, and this is the fifth year for that award. And uh, those were 13 cars selected from last year's events that were uh, represent to be the best restoration of the year. And uh, there was 13 cars yesterday. There was eight judges, I was one of them, and there were two teams of four judges, and it took us four hours to judge 13 cars, and uh, boy, was it tough. I've been doing this now for my fourth year, and uh, boy, this was the hardest group of cars to judge. They were so close. At the end of the judging, it was like one or two points separated first and second, and it was like four or five points separating, you know, all the top ten cars. So uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, in the end, a DuPont won the award for the best restoration of the year. And that was immediately followed by an Auburn uh, that was beautifully restored as well. Uh, but I figured, let me give you a little background of the, the Zenith Award and what goes on. I mean... There are, like I said, there are two teams of four judges, and we go over each car. We we interview the owners. We find out a little background about the cars, the history, and uh, the restoration itself. And then uh, we start judging. It takes about uh, 20 minutes per car, at least, to uh, decide, you know, we have a score sheet, and we make our own notes, and we tabulate the scores, and it's not like deductions, we do additions, it's the opposite. And at the end, whoever has the highest score wins. So when we approach a car, what we do is we make sure that the hood, the doors, everything's closed. And we walk around the car. And basically what we're looking at is overall presentation, design, style. But the quality of the restoration, we're looking at the quality of the paint. Uh, we're looking at door gaps and hood gaps, you know. Uh, that makes a big difference in the absolute perfect cause. Uh, gaps are even and uniform. And the paint, there's no orange peel. And you can see a perfect reflection. And, uh, you know, so that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the quality of the chrome and the trim. Uh, making sure that, uh, you know, some of these 
bumpers that are replated really cheaply, they have the chrome plating just isn't, you know, a perfect reflection. And that's poor quality. So uh, we're looking at that. Uh, we're looking at the quality of the glass, making sure that there's no, no delamination in the corners or anything like that. And then we have the owners, you know, open up the doors, open up the hood and the trunk lid. And we don't touch the cars at all. We don't sit in them. We don't make the owners start the cars or show us how the wipers work or the horn, none of that. We just assume that everything works. So we're looking at quality of restoration. We're looking at uh, the engine compartment, uh, making sure that, you know, besides no dirt or anything like that, uh, that everything is correct. There's no cheap Jubilee clips holding fuel lines on. It has to be the proper, you know, clamp clips uh, from when the car was first made. Uh, we're looking at the quality of, you know, the belts, the hoses. I mean, everything in the engine compartment. Uh, oh, okay, Richard. It for like it just, Richard, for, uh, on Tom's yeah. behalf, I've got to ask, was there a Hudson yeah. in there? What, there was, was no Hudson. No Hudson. <laughs> no, there's, there's a bunch of Hudsons on the show field today, but none were selected for the Zenith Award. I'm sure that broke so, Tom's uh, heart. Yeah, it probably did, but, you know, there were some interesting cars. Uh, there was a, a 66 Shelby. There was a 74 AMX, uh, a 58 Bonneville convertible, which was stunning. Mm-hmm. And then there was, I think it was a 1914 Cadillac. Uh, there was two Studebakers, one of which was a Pinehurst two-door station wagon, which was a spectacular restoration. A 63 T-Bird, and there was an R2. Uh, Baker Daytona with the supercharger. And, uh, let me see what else was there. There was a sportsman, Ford Woody. And, uh, there was a moon of all cars. I mean, when was the last time you saw a moon? And the restoration was fantastic. And, uh, there was a Packard and, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, 13 spectacular automobiles. And, uh, each one could be a show winner in its own right. But like we said, uh, when it came down to it, the DuPont was the clear winner. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough judging these cars. You know, you're looking at the interiors, you're making sure that everything is correct. Everything is in as perfect a condition as can be. You know, no cracks in the steering wheel, not worn away. The carpeting is, is looks like it's brand new. Headliner, uh, all the trim, the switches, the knobs, all, we look at everything. Uh, we look at the gaps, the door jams, uh, you know, the rubber weather stripping. So then we get on our knees and we look at the chassis uh, to make sure that it is in an equal restored condition. So uh, there's a lot involved. Uh, you know, the judges don't always agree on everything across the board. But for the most part, uh, we're really close with our tabulations of, of the numbers that we come up with for each car. So now, uh, now with it, the way it's you, pretty exciting. It, now, with the way you described the heat and the humidity there, as you were doing this yesterday, is there a, a person that walks along with you with the uh, wipe rag that if you're looking under the hood, some of your well, perspiration drips <laughs> that they'll wipe it up right quick? <laughs> yeah, you know, actually we could have used that, but... These cars are in a tent, 
So we were covered, protected a little bit from the sun. Uh, last year, the Zenith Award was in an ice skating rink, and uh, that was air conditioned. So they're either indoors or they're well protected underneath the tent, and they stay there throughout the whole weekend so people can view them. And, you know, the, the tough part is you're, uh, we're judging these cars, and the club members and whoever spectators are also looking at the cars at the same time. So sometimes it, the people do get in the way, but everybody is nice and courteous, and when they see us coming, they move aside. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was hot yesterday. They opened up the sides of the front, uh, uh, tent to get us uh, some fresh air. But uh, it was a fun process, and in the end, uh, everybody agreed that, yeah, the DuPont that won, uh, well-deserved. So... Uh, if you get a chance to come to an AACA Grand National to see the Zenith Award judging, uh, you're in for a pleasant surprise to see what goes on. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it, uh, one of the eight judges. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It really is. I mean, it's back-breaking work, but you're, you're standing up for, you know, two hours, and then you break for lunch, another two hours, and then you stand there for another hour. Uh, when the awards are given out. So uh, after a while, it uh, gets to your back, and, you know, you're on your knees looking at the chassis and everything else. But it's, but it's also a learning process for us. R- we're Richard, learning so uh, much about different cars. I'm, I'm getting no sympathy comments. Uh, no, huh? <laughs> no. I, they're all saying, suck it up in Virginia Beach. you got a beautiful view, and... Uh, you know, and to complain about the hard work, I, I'm just getting no comments on that at all. <laughs> well, you know, the older I get, the harder it is to get off the floor when you're looking at a chassis. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I, I can't get up. And you're trying to get up in a, in a nice way because there's people all around you looking at you. You don't want to look like, you know, a schlub that you can't get off off the floor. But uh, <laughs> Well, I hope you, I hope you wore that long time. T-shirt that covered up the plumber's uh, problem. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was hot, and uh, we had these dark blue shirts on. But uh, again, it I feel honored to have been asked to be part of the team. So uh, it's all good, you know. In the end, it's all good. And uh, now we're going to get ready to to look at the cars on the show field. Like I said, over three hundred cars for the Grand National, and. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet where next year's Grand National is going to be, but, you know, like I said, it rotates around the country, usually on the eastern side of the country, because that's where the bulk of the uh, members are. But uh, hopefully they'll be in the Midwest or someplace like that to give other people a chance to see what a Grand National is like and see what all the great cars that are out there. And uh, so it, it's going to be a good day, no doubt. And, uh Yeah. Well, good. Unfortunately, it's going to be 95 degrees, but uh, we'll deal with it. Oh, yeah. Well, wear your wear your cap and uh, just keep your bottle of water handy. Stay hydrated. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Unfortunately, I don't wear a hat, and I should. So uh, <laughs> we'll just deal with it. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a good day. Like I said, uh, it's all different types of automobiles from. You know, pre-model T's all the way up to 25 years of age. And uh, the HPOF class, uh, the preservation cars, uh, you know, that's always fun to see. Uh, so uh, it, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, that sounds like it. And uh, one of these days, one of these days, we're going to make it there. Yeah, you really got to attend. 
I mean, if if, if you never attended a AACA event, at least you got to go to a Grand National because that's where the the best of the best uh, are on display, and uh, you'll be amazed. And everybody's so friendly. Talk to you about their cars. You know, they display all the literature that came with the cars and the original toolboxes if they had them in toolkits, jacks. You know, all all the accessories people display sometimes. And it's a great learning experience. It really is. Especially if you're going to restore a particular car, you want to see one that is that is in pristine condition so you could you know, use that car as a template for your own restoration. So uh, it, it, it's a win-win to attend these events. And, yeah, and for the for the right price, you can get uh, a good-looking woman to follow you around with one of those big fans and keep you fanned all the time, <laughs> right? You know, that's a really good idea. I, maybe we should do that next year. <laughs> yeah, pass that that's one by Moskowitz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was here, too. You know, the whole crew from the AACA is here, all the judges, past presidents, and... Uh, but it's all about, you know, besides the people, it's all about the cars, and nothing's modified, nothing's customized. These are all authentic, properly restored automobiles. And uh, if that's what you like, then this is the club to belong to. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're in Virginia Beach today or nearby, uh, come on over. The cars will be on the show field till 3 o'clock. And uh, it's at the region in, uh, right in Virginia Beach. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Come on down if you can. Richard, we're going to take our, we're going to take our first break right quick and we'll be back with Richard Lenantello and we'll be waiting, anxiously awaiting for Mr. Cox. (laughs) We'll be back. We'll be back right after this. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, folks, we're, we're back here at the region in uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, we're, we're just a short distance from the ocean. We can't see it from here, but uh, we can see a field of 300-plus automobiles that are spectacular. And, uh, you know, sometimes people say to us, well, what, when, when you judge a car, what are you deducting? What are you looking at that, uh, you know, uh, a negative, I guess you could call it. So, you know, you look at the chrome and the trim. Uh, are there dents? Is there any pitting? Is there uh, sand scratches? Because sometimes they don't remove the chrome or the trim when they're painting the car or preparing it for paint. And uh, you don't want to see any scratches or any uh, a- anything that diminishes it, its its look. You know, 
the trim has to be perfect, put it that way. Uh, same thing with the glass. You don't want to see scratches or delamination in the corners or things like that. Uh, when it comes to the interior, you know, again, you want it to look like it was just assembled. You know, uh, you don't want to see anything worn out like on the seats or the door panels. You don't want to see any water stains, uh, if even at the headliner. You don't want to see it drooping. Uh, when, when the really top quality cars are restored, you want to make sure that, uh, uh, the upholstery, everything is in perfect alignment. Nothing's twisted. And, uh, the padding is, is uniform throughout the seat. Uh, and when it comes to the gauges, you don't want to see anything that's tarnished. You know, the bezels, you don't want to see them tarnished. You want to see perfect chrome. The gauge faces have to be, you know, perfectly clean and uh, well presented. Same thing with all the knobs and switches. I mean, we, we look at every little detail. And uh, like I said, the door jams look like, you know, brand new. Uh, the striker plates are going to have, you know, uh, scratches from the doors closing, and, and that's acceptable because you can't avoid that when you close the door, especially when the striker plates were, were painted. Uh, like, you know, on many Pontiacs of the 60s, they put the plates on and then they painted the door. So that's going to have and show a lot of scratches. Uh, same thing with the wiring. You know, the wiring has to be perfect. You don't want to see uh, any uh, electrical connectors that were just, you know, plopped on with the little blue plastic, you know, pieces, and you don't want to see Jubilee clips. Everything's got to be exactly correct. Uh, we had one car yesterday with the intake manifold, and, and it was all the paint was peeling, and uh, it just worn off, and it just didn't look good. That should have been fixed. Now, so that's a negative. Now, Richard, uh, as a judge, are you concerned that the... Uh Losers will be picketing in front of your house anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, like a Supreme Court judge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, everybody is uh, real acceptive of the final results. We never had anybody get mad or, you know, you see frowns on faces or things like that. People kind of know because, you know, they're there with their car, and then until their car gets judged, they're walking around, they're looking at the other cars. So they have a good idea on how their car rates against the other automobiles. And, you know, the other thing we're looking at uh, when we're judging a Zenith Award is the difficulty of the restoration. For instance, let's say there's a Mustang or a Camaro. How difficult is that versus someone restoring a DuPont? or a moon. Well, it's not as difficult because we call those catalog cars. And you could open up any catalog and you can order parts and you're done. But, you know, if you're restoring a DuPont or an Auburn or, you know, and a pre-war Hudson, you can't open up any catalog because there aren't any. You have to have the parts manufactured or you have to search the world over for NOS parts and have them restored if they need be. So, there's that level of difficult restoration that also factors in to uh, to the uh, you know overall judging of a Zenith car, and then there's also uh, you know the rarity value. You know how rare is this car versus you know a 1914 Cadillac versus you know the 63 T Bird. So you know 
there are, I guess, you know, there's certain things in the judging sheet that tries to uh, make things as fair as possible, but also, you know, you have to tip your hat towards a car that is more difficult to restore than, you know, like I said, if it's a Camaro or Chevelle or 442, you know, anything from the 60s that was a muscle car, and you could get any part available today. So uh, that makes that restoration easier. So you're not going to gain as many points as someone restoring the moon. Because, uh, let's face it, when was the last time you saw moon parts for sale? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Richard, there, uh, let me there's ask. a lot of different factors to consider. Since, since I've never been to one or, or followed a judge around or anything like that, do they, in the material that they have for you to, to look at on the car, do they have before pictures as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of these owners have uh, these albums, and they're just filled with photos. For instance, the Auburn yesterday that just lost out on being a winner, he showed us what it looked like, and it was basically a rusted shell that they found laying in the woods. It had no hood. It had no engine. I mean, this was beyond the parts car. It was worse. I mean, it was like I looked at it and go, there's nothing even here to save. But they did. They pulled it out, and you start sandblasting whatever metal's there, and you start working the metal, and you start finding the parts to replace it with, and it, it was a 10-year process. Wow, and they had a lot of money invested in it. But uh, yeah, you you see the photos in their photo albums, and you're just amazed at what people have done and the length of you know dedication and money that they threw at this project. And then you look at the end result, and it just blows you away. Well, I mean, what, it's just amazing. What kind of money are you talking about? A hundred, two hundred thousand, or? Well, you know, if 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 you starting with a rusty hulk and you know let, let's say you have a cord or you know I mean even if it's uh, you know a flathead Ford V8 from the early 50s if you're having it professionally restored body off the frame every nut and bolt it's going to go well into the you know six figures it's going to be in excess of a hundred thousand some of these cars you know could cost two hundred thousand but many of these people uh, do the restorations themselves you know, everybody sends out the chrome to be played because you can't do that. And most of the people send out the cars to have it painted. Because a lot of people don't have the facility or the knowledge, experience to paint the car. But once they get the rolling body shell back in their garage and, you know, it's all painted, then they start the assembly themselves. Many people rebuild the engine themselves. Most don't do the transmission because that's a special, uh, that's a specialty. But, uh, you know, and then you get all your parts. It takes years sometimes to find missing parts, especially if it's not a catalog car. And uh, then you spend years, you know, reassembling it. And uh, it, it it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication because, let's face it, most of these people have full-time jobs. And you can only, you know, do so much, you know, so many hours a week that you could work on your car. Huh. And uh, but, but some of them, man, it's just amazing. Like this Auburn. You should see this photo. It was a rusty hulk laying in the woods. And they dragged it out. It had no, it was no wheels. It was a total mess. I mean, looking at it, I didn't even think that there were any parts that you could save on it, but they did. And the guy worked on it for many years. He died several years ago, so his son took over and his grandson, and they made a fabulous automobile. But uh, then you have this early Cadillac here. 
that was a basket case. He showed us photos. It was, you know, it, it was a bare body sitting on the floor in this barn. The chassis was up against the wall. The suspension, brakes, interiors, gauges, everything was in boxes. And they spent six years uh, putting this thing back together and going to Hershey and other swap meets to find the missing parts. And, boy, when you look at it, you know, you just can't tell that this thing was a basket case or rotting in the woods. Everything is just so perfect with the correct fasteners and uh, correct brackets. And everything is, you know, restored and replated and repainted. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, so this Zenith Award is like, you know, the Zenith, the ultimate. And it, it's the AACA's version of the Riddler Award. For those who are into, you know, hot rods and custom cars, the Riddler Award is presented each year in Detroit, Cobo Hall, for uh, the best and most innovative street rod. And this Zenith Award is our version of the Riddler Award to honor you know, the best restoration in the country. So, uh, you know, word is getting out. People are, you know, uh, trying to bring their restorations to the next level. So hopefully they could get picked by a special team that goes around the country to, to different AACA events throughout the year. And they and they select these cars and they invite them to take part in the Zenith Award. And uh, it's, it's pretty interesting, Dave. You, you really got to come to one of these events and see what goes on you will be uh, pleasantly surprised at uh, the quality of these restorations and the length that people go through you know to get them to this level it is just absolutely amazing it really is you know the the uh, one expense that you left out is if you're married and doing this you can probably double the cost of the restoration to bribe your wife to let you do it <laughs> well, you know, there's this couple here. Their car was in the Zenith Award yesterday, uh, the Zenith judging, and they have a 69 GTO judge. They are the original owners. And I guess about 10, 15 years ago, they decided that, okay, you know, let's take the car out of storage, and we're going to restore it. So the guy, the owner said to, uh, the owner Bob said to his wife, do you want a new kitchen or shall we restore the car? <laughs> and she says, I want that car restored to the way it was when we first bought it. So that's a great wife. I mean, you know, <laughs> who would turn down a new kitchen? <laughs> and and out of my but, living room. And Yeah, out of my living room. <laughs> and the car is absolutely fabulous. And there was another woman who pushed her husband to, to restore his javelin that was here. So 401 powered javelin that is absolutely stunning and uh you know there are a lot of you know great wives out there and and there are some women who own the cars and uh you know they get it's the opposite they get support from their husbands to get you know their grandfather's car restored or you know get it back on the road so uh it doesn't matter male female uh they all you know if you love the car that's what you want to do. You want to make sure that it's preserved by a quality restoration. And then you pass it on to your kids and grandchildren. And, you know, you're saving it for posterity for the, for the future, you know, future generations to see what a perfect restored car looks like. And the way it rolled off the assembly line, that, that's what it's all about with the AACA. 
They have to be correct. They have to be authentic. Richard, so, as, uh, uh, as we anxiously await the entree of Mr. Cox, we need to take our next break. We'll be back with Richard Leninello Lin- right after this. I'm sorry, Richard. <laughs> I got my tongue twisted. I washed it this morning, and it just ain't working right. We'll be back right after this. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Okay, and we're back on America's Web Radio with uh, the classic car show starring Mr. Richard Lentinello, waiting on the infamous Tom Cox to join us. But I wanted to take this break. I've been very blessed and... Richard has sent me some complimentary copies of Crankshaft Magazine. And I'm telling you, folks, if you're into classic cars and you want, you know, your wife has that fancy uh, book on the coffee table, well, you can put a fancier magazine on the coffee table called Crankshaft Magazine. And if you've got your pen and paper ready, write down crankshaftmagazine.com. And I can assure you it will be the pride of your magazine collection if you'll order today. Go in, take out a a subscription, and you'll get your money's worth just in enjoyment of going through, looking at the pictures. Uh, We don't, I say we, uh, Richard doesn't have a centerfold yet, but I'm sure that's coming. But... um, (laughs) You know, you've got to, you've got to do it. Write it down, crankshaftmagazine.com. And if you've got a friend that's got a birthday coming or whatever, if you want to give him the treat of your, of his life and he's into classic cars, get him a subscription to Crankshaft Magazine and, uh, he'll be your friend for life. And I'm, I'm serious. Write it down, crankshaftmagazine.com. And do it today. Don't don't wait until tomorrow. You'll forget because most of us are too old to remember the next hour. So 
Remember it, write it down now, and go and get your subscription. It'll, it's like buying a meal for a veteran. You may please the veteran, yeah, but you'll please yourself that much more. And Father's Day's coming. What better gift to give your father, your grandfather? Absolutely. Subscription to Crankshaft Magazine. <laughs> And, you know, every time they think of, it, uh, think of it like this, every time they look at the magazine, they'll think of you and how much your relationship means well, to them. That's right. That's right. You know, I was, while I was judging yesterday and after the show, I was walking around, people coming up to me and thanking me for uh, creating Crankshaft and doing all the hard work that it takes to put out a magazine in today's environment. And... I don't know how many people told me that it's not only their favorite car magazine, but actually some people said that it's the best car magazine they've ever said, ever read, ever seen. And I'm just blown away because, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in my, you know, my, my one bedroom. I turned it into an office and uh, I work on this magazine every day. And to hear the accolades come in and people just love it. So for those who are not familiar with Crankshaft, it's, it's a high-quality magazine. It's 144 pages. And uh, let me tell you what you will not expect to see in Crankshaft. You won't expect to see anything about auctions. We don't talk about auctions. We don't report on them. And we don't talk about values of cars. Now, we're not anti-auctions. Auctions are great. But that's not our scene. There are other magazines for that. We don't feature hot rods, the customs, low riders, anything like that. These are all authentic automobiles. And, you know, you look at a lot of old car magazines and you see the same cars over and over again. You see 69 Camaros, 63 split window vets. You see, you know, a Ferrari GTO. Well, you know, there's only 39 of them. They all worth $70 million. What, what are we going to write about that hasn't been written about those cars already? You know, you look at some of these other magazines, it's always a Mercedes Gullwing or something like that. Well, you know, we don't feature those cars. Uh, in our next issue, we have a four-door 60 Oldsmobile sedan. We have an IKA, which is a Kaiser-built car in uh, Argentina. Uh, we have a 85 Toyota uh, Supra convertible. But yet we also have a 1929 Rio. You know, we run the whole gamut. We have a Talbot Lago. So, you know, we have good variety uh, that we're doing. So I'm sitting here in the conference room in Virginia Beach at the region, and guess who just walked in? Oh, my. Oh. Tom Cox III. Yes, <laughs> folks. He is here. And now he's dialing, and he's... he's uh, going to come on online is he and, dialing uh, for dollars or i i think so dialing for dollars yeah i remember that show <laughs> <laughs> but you know now he's taking off his glasses because he can't see he's trying to dial ah. so uh he's sitting across the room for me folks on his phone and uh i'm in the opposite corner so uh you know give him another you know 20 20 seconds he'll be here richard you you just caused me to have a flashback my uh Uncle had a 1960 Oldsmobile, four-door Oldsmobile, and uh, it had no, uh, it was, uh, had no uh, center bar in it, you know? It was a, you know, you just had your windows. And, uh, yeah, yeah. 
that car it was a hard top. Yeah, yeah, it was a hard top. That car was amazing, and he only owned it a couple of years. Uh, he traded every couple of years, and uh, but that one car I remember so well. And I don't know. I don't think he did anything to it, but it always, you know, that everybody talks about the new car smell. For two years that he had that car, it smelled like it had just come off the showroom floor, and I never and, figured and they it did out. Have a unique smell. Yep, you know the GM cars had a unique smell versus the Chryslers versus the Fords, and uh, yeah, you're right. You will never forget that smell. And you go to a car show and you stick your head in the interior, you smell it, and all those memories come flooding back. You know, absolutely true. Well, Mister Cox, what and, have you got to say for yourself? Oops, he must have dialed the wrong number. I think he dialed the wrong number. <laughs> He's having trouble. But, wow. uh, you know, uh, that 60 Oldsmobile, it, it's a very cool car. And uh, wait till you read the story on this one. Uh, so it, it, it's pretty interesting. And, uh, again, we value everyone's support of the magazine. So uh, if, if you do want to subscribe, we really appreciate it. And issue number four comes out uh, in the later part of June, mid to late June. We're a little late, but uh, we're working on it now, and it goes to press in two weeks. There's oh, the I infamous Mr. Cox. We're here. We're here. Wait, we've been Sorry waiting. Tom, Might we've been We've been waiting on you like one pig waits for another at the feed trough. <laughs> So we just went along, went ahead without you. Gee. Yeah, we were talking about the Zenith judging and what what it encompasses and all the pause yesterday. So that's what we were talking about the first half of the show about Zenith. So if you want to chime in and, and, and give us your view on it. Wonderful thing about different facets of, of the restoration and the car and it, so in standard AC judging we're on a 400 scale and, you know, generally speaking cars. Tom I think you need to uh, call back in again you're you're really breaking up bad or uh, you need well, to uh, hold on some- you know what I'm going to give Tom my phone Okay, folks, here it is, Sir Tom Cox the third. So Okay. Are we still there? Yeah. Yeah. We're here. So anyhow, we work off of a four hundred point scale. And most of the hang on one second, we'll fix this. Folks, it's live. It happens to the best of us. And the worst of us. That's exactly right. Okay, well, going on with the show. And now I'm back back in. So within AACA, we're on a 400-point scale. Typically, all of your cars that are at the zenith level... Uh, there's two cars chosen from every show that we've had in the preceding year. And their scores are, 
95 and above. So all of those cars have done really, really well. We don't know exactly what the scores are, but they're close to that. And so when it comes to trying to determine which of these cars is going to get the Restoration of the Year award, it's a really, really, really difficult job because there's so many things involved. And one of those is, and it's what AACA stands for, and that's restoration and preservation of the automobile. And so there are certain other things that we take into account in the Zenith Awards that are a little bit less quantifiable, um, a little bit more subjective. Things like how difficult was the restoration? How does the overall presentation of the car re- reflect the vehicle's uh, original design, styling, color selection, everything else? Um, how well everything is done? Um, we also take into account certain things like the, the story behind the car. If it's, is it a in, historically important car? Does it have a long histo- history background? And those are the things of that nature come into play when we're trying to determine the, the winner. But when it comes down to the end of it, and I'm sure Richard already talked about this, I mean, there's a hair's breadth between all of the cars. It's yesterday when we were judging the cars, we found that the top cars, they were only seconds of separation between them all. And so it was really, really, really difficult. Ultimately, the car that won was a DuPont, and I'm sure you mentioned that too, probably. And the DuPont was restored from a basket case. And the other challenging part of the DuPont, as opposed to some of the other cars that were entered into the competition, is that DuPont, there's not a lot of information about DuPonts out there. So when you go back to rebuild a basket case or a car that has significant components missing, you really have to work hard to get all of your information together so that that car is accurately restored. With other cars, let's just say a Ford or Chevrolet, you know, you've got assembly manuals, you've got even blueprints, and you've just got volumes and volumes of information on how these cars were assembled, how they were put together, and how everything was done. But on something like a DuPont, there's really very little out there for you to go by. So it, it, it's a, kind of gave the DuPont a little bit of a leg up because their people had to work twice as hard to come up with a good and accurate description. Yeah, it, it, it's what we call the catalog cause, you know, with, with Mustangs and GTOs, and that that's not a disparaging remark. That's not a negative. You know, it's just, you know, it's the fact. You know, you can open the catalog and you could order any part you want. But, you know, you're restoring uh, even that Ford Sportsman, you know, with the wood. You know, you're not going to find wood trim in a catalog. You you have to have it made. You know, maybe you have to hire a carpenter to have, you know, the proper finger joints done and replicated the way the factory did it. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a lot harder when you're restoring not only a car like a DuPont, but a DuPont that was a basket case. <laughs> you know, it even compounds the problem. It makes that restoration all the more difficult. Okay, gentlemen, so, uh, we're going to take our last break. It, it's a great honor to uh, show these people and, and give them that the, uh, the credit that they deserve for uh, what they've done. 
And again, they're, they're spending all this time and money to get these cars back on the road. And uh, it's just great for the future of this country and for the automotive hobby in general to have these cars back. Let's so, take a break. Uh, it is, and we're on a break. Sounds when like. it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888 4783 or visit jctaylor.com/awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor you're listening to america's web radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com thank you for listening and now back to the classic car show on america's web radio with tom cox and richard lentinello All right, folks. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yes. Tom, I was telling everybody how we're now about to go onto the show field. 300-plus Grand National cars, and uh, everybody should come out if you live nearby. And it's free. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah, everybody needs to always remember that all AACA shows are free to the general public. It's, it's in our bylaws, and that means that the general public can come out and enjoy and share in the wonder and excitement of all these cars and don't miss an opportunity to talk, talk to the owners, too. Um, if you have interest in a particular car, I can tell you the owners are always willing and excited to talk about their cars, tell you anything about their exploits and restoration, how they came about buying the car, or the stories behind the cars. A lot of the cars have great stories. A lot of them have, uh, belong to the same family. Uh, there's a 34 Ford, no, a 38 Ford out here on the show field. It's been in the same family. It was bought by the guy who restored it. It was bought by his grandmother, um, his, his grandfather, excuse me, and the grandfather and grandmother courted, as they say, in that car. And then it was used throughout World War II, put in a barn, and then afterwards, this guy ended up getting the car back out, getting it running again. And then he dated his wife-to-be in that same car. And then it ended up being put back in storage again, only to be pulled back out about 10 years ago and treated to a full restoration 
and that car has won early Ford V8 awards. It's won top national awards in AACA. It's won several Concours awards. Uh, just an amazing car, an amazing story um, of, of love and family with that car. So it's really good stuff. Um, so yeah, don't great story to talk to the right? Yeah, there's so many wonderful, heartwarming stories of these cars. Because these cars, you know, they're family members. They're not just, you know, a mechanical object on wheels. And, uh, yeah, the stories just are absolutely wonderful to hear. They're heartwarming. And uh, that's another big part of the hobby, why people restore and spend so much money restoring these automobiles. Because they're preserving part of the family. They really are. Most people, if they have a family album, there are pictures of the families with the cars. There's pictures of the families on vacations with the cars. It's, it's just been part of our fabric, particularly in America. You know, um, I know people draw a lot of um, comparisons or try to compare America and, and driving in our country to other countries such as England and other places. America is a broad vast expanse of land and uh, you know we are very unique in that regard and we can drive without having to cross borders etc etc I mean transcontinental from LA to New York you can drive for days Um, so you know we have a great place for driving and Americans have always driven more than most people in other countries um, you know, it's part of the reason, generally speaking, American cars have been larger than cars from other countries, too, just by virtue of the fact that we just have so much more space than every every other country. But it, the automobile from the time of its inception has been a real part of, of Americana. You know, prior to the uh, Model T, especially, um, when cars became more affordable to the masses, people rarely left their houses uh, or from the area in which they were born, not their houses, but really strayed more than four or five miles from where they were born. And then once the Model T became affordable, people were able to get out and explore the countryside and take Sunday drives and take vacations and go camping, and uh, it just really transformed the country. Uh, Without the Model T, the suburbs would have never formed. And uh, I think people argue today whether the suburbs are a great thing or not, but hey, they're here, and that's part of the reason why. And uh, it's just all the love of the automobile. Yeah, you know, you have the big interstate systems in this country, and, uh, you know, you get on them today, and you get wherever you want to go fairly quick if there's no, you know, traffic or accidents. But that's why, you know... uh, you have these big automobiles that, that Detroit always put out, and they soak up the bumps. You know, they soak up the, the expansion joints, and they're so much more comfortable to ride, to drive in. And uh, you're cruising down the road. You feel like you're sitting, you know, in your living room, and that's the joy of, uh, you know, getting some of these old cars on the road or, or, or just, you know, uh, even if it's not restored and it's a Condition 3 car, just, just drive them and see what it was like and what the engineers and designers originally intended, you know, to uh, go take some big family trips and vacations in these big cars and you can load everything into the trunk and you just sit back and watch the world go by. I mean, it's just a wonderful experience. So, uh, you know, 
if, if you don't have an old car but you always wanted one, don't wait. You know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Enjoy it while you can. You can't take the money with you? Go get an old car and have fun. You meet lots of friends. Well, and the nice thing about it is it, it, today we're, we're so tied in with the Internet. We're innovated, innervated with our devices, whether it's our phones, our computers. Everything in our life is, is tied into the, into the grid, into the Internet. And it's just constant bombardment of information or, or stuff that we have to do or respond to and so forth. And would you get into the anti-car hobby, it really allows you to what I call unplug. You can just kind of unplug and get back to, to basics and get away from the sensory overload and just spend quality time with people and friends and do something that's truly relaxing that, you know, allows you to get your blood pressure down a little bit, have a little fun, introduce a little bit of humor and excitement to your life, and it, it's just it's just a big plus for just general living and, and standard health. Um, I mean, seriously, the antique car hobby can be healthy for you, I'm just saying. And, as Richard and I will say, it's environmentally friendly, too. Restoring a car actually preserves the environment because the vast majority of the carbon footprint of a vehicle is created during the manufacturing process. So if you're, you're recycling if you restore an antique car, too. So there you go. Um, yeah. So Richard, and you're preventing the landfills from filling up with more rusty metal. So, uh, yeah, you are. You are doing your part for the environment. You really are. But, you know, Dave brought up a good point about the Zenith cars yesterday. And he said, you know, uh, when I gave him the list of cars that were there, he said so was like, you know, Tom very depressed that there was no Hudson's in the, in the Zenith judging yesterday. I mean, what happened? You guys didn't find any uh, quality Hudson's last year that were well restored, deserving of the Zenith? <laughs> Hudson, Hudson people are sporting people, and as a consequence, we knew that if there were Hudsons included in the field, they would probably prevail. And so just in order to spread the wealth and, and give everybody else a fair chance at, at getting the Zenith Award, we actually made, a, made it a point. All the Hudson people stood down. I, I, I got so they would be fair. I, I, I got to ask: Is is Mr. Cox? Part, I got to ask. Okay, is, I've got a really great. You're going to like this too. Um, pick of the week: a 1963 Chevy Corvair Turbo, seventy thousand oh. mile car. A spider. It's got nice. little. It, it's very little rust. Um, the Paint is starting to have some surface rust, and, you know, it's not a perfect car, but it's got a nice, decent interior with no stuffing hanging out, no tears, no nothing. $2,850. Wow. North Carolina. $2,850. Oh, uh, I need that for this, this little Corvair. Well, I, I'm going to see you here as we finish the show, and... Uh, I will turn you on to this little Corvair that's down there in North Carolina. It's sort of a white on beige. And, uh, you know, Corvairs are really, really fun cars. And you know that all too well because you wrote a book that's available from Lentinello Publishing 
about uh, Corvair. Yeah, and I, I mean, only last year I sold my 63 Monza convertible, and uh, it was a fun car to drive. So uh, Corvairs are cool. They really are. Yeah. They had a bad rap. People, people like yeah. Corvairs, and they can get the whole story and a lot of background and cool stories on various Corvairs and Corvair owners across the country by buying a copy of Corvair Style from you. Yeah, Corvair <laughs> Yeah, that that was an interesting and fun book to put together. So, yeah, John, and I'm, we I've got thirty seconds. Too. Well, okay. while we're here, come on down to uh, the Founders Inn in Virginia Beach if you're out there. Enjoy the show, and uh, just for me, I want to say thanks again. In this area that we're at, uh, huge military installation. Thanks to all of our veterans out there. If it weren't for all of you guys and gals, we would not be enjoying this great hobby and great nation of ours. So hats off to you guys, and we'll see you next weekend. Yeah, time to hit the show field. Take care, folks. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.